Welcome on in to When Worlds Clyde, episode 51. As you can Ooh, see. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby is right, man. Uh, today we got a very special guest on with us. Piffin, what's up, man? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, bro. Um, so we do have like a little bit of a tradition around here. And even though it's uh, 10.24 in the morning, I got to give the people what they want. So, uh, oh, God. You know how we start these things? A little bit of a... A little bit of a crack. Oh my god. And that is uh that is the crack of a bush light, Piffin. <laughs> okay. Alright, it's hey, it's five o'clock somewhere. Maybe in Australia, but five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, gotta, gotta get the people what they want. So. I'd love to join you, but I'm drinking coffee this morning. Yeah, I mean that's that's completely fair. I just had a Red Bull. Maybe I should have had some vodka with it. if I knew Ooh. the ritual. Yeah, there you go. Jump start the day. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start with our gaming question of the day. Um, so, have you ever? I'll start with you, Fish. I, I won't. I won't throw to Piffin first. Fish, have you ever had a dirty dream about an anime character or a video game character? Oh God! Um, and if not, who would you pick? Oh, <laughs> uh, I haven't had a dirty dream about any of them, but I mean, you can't go wrong with Laura Croft. Laura Croft All right. from Tomb Raider. Oh my God! But you're going animated Laura Croft, not like it's. It's got to be the 2D Laura Croft though, with the you know. Like, oh yeah, the, uh, the, 2D Lara the old school Laura Croft. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So Pip, are you going with the 2D Laura Croft, or who are you going with? If, okay, so I, I'm. I must admit, I, I have dreamt of Halo, but I've dreamt of mainly playing it. I've never dreamt, like, of, like, a dirty version. But if I did, Halo 4 Cortana. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's Ooh. fair, bro. I, I yeah. would be lying if I also didn't think about Cortana. But, oh, my God. Ooh. She, dude, she, I mean, growing up with her, I mean, she was something else. Yeah. <laughs> he grew up Whispering with her. in my ear all those years. <laughs> <laughs> she secretly wants it, no doubt. Oh my god! <laughs> I would go further with that, but I, I'm gonna hold myself back. Yeah, dude. So I, I was just thinking about this because we actually had like this kind of conversation in Discord the other day when I was talking with uh, Ad and Mass. So my two that I isolated, they're anime. They weren't uh, video game characters, but Misa Misa from uh, Death Note. Oh and then, yeah, and then Elizabeth from Seven Deadly Sins. Meliodas. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I'm not much of an anime guy or a weeb, so I don't have. I think that there's one Dragon Ball Z character, and I could be getting it wrong, but Bulma, I think. Yeah, Bulma. One with the kind of like shoulder length hair. She yeah, was, Bulma's a bad bitch, right? no doubt. Bulma's great. Right. I love Bulma. Yeah, I, yeah. I love Bulma too. She's so funny because like she literally like puts Vegeta in his place, and he's like yeah. one of the strongest Saiyans. Oh yeah, she definitely wore the pants for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't even watch the show, and like I, I saw like snippets of it, and I was like, oh yeah, she's like, she's she's the one in charge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Beth, let's hop right into the interview here, man. Um, so we'll, we'll start you off easy. We want to get to know you a little bit, so. Uh, what was your first introduction into video games? Like where, where did it all start for you? Where it all began, I mean, if we're talking in general, probably on my dad's laptop playing like the, those pinball games. Okay, I was like, there we go. Like eight or nine. 
But if we're going to consoles, it was actually surprisingly, since I'm so gung-ho about Halo, my first console was a PS2, and the main games I played on it were Medal of Honor, Rising Sun, and Need for Speed Underground, the first one. Um, both of them I played, like, pretty much once a week whenever I would visit my dad. And then, um, yeah, I was rocking the PS2 for a couple of years before I, before I discovered the glory that is Halo. Dude, I was actually <laughs> on the same page as you. We got lucky enough we won a PlayStation 2 at our Halloween party, like, growing up at grade school. Like, my mom oh, nice. had one ticket, dude, and we won the PlayStation yeah, 2. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I got, like, our, our console. And I do remember Need for Speed. And I actually was just talking about Need for Speed Underground 2 yesterday because... I work in cardiac rehab. We play older music, and Riders on the Storm came on. Oh, it immediately remembered uh, Need for Speed Underground 2, the, the loading screen. It was Riders oh, on yeah. the Storm remixed with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Oh my God. So fire. Oh my God. That was so good. Dude, if you liked the Need for Speed Underground 2 soundtrack, you have, I don't know if you've heard it yet, but I highly recommend you look into the first uh, first game soundtrack. That was like one of the main reasons. I'm not even a big racing guy. Like, their racing games are fun. But dude, the soundtrack really made the game for me, like made it like replayable. Like there's so many good songs on it. Oh yeah, I'll be checking Spotify out after after we're done here. <laughs> but um, so when did when did you first get into Halo? Then, if if you had the PS2, was it was it on the 360 you first got into Halo, or when did that start? I played here and there at friends' houses. I think I played Combat Evolved in like custom games a handful of times, and like the the story mode. And then my first real experience with Halo was um, playing at my neighbor's house. Uh, we, we would do like Halo 2 custom games. And then I got my 360 the same year Halo 3 came out. So like I was playing Halo 2 multiplayer right before Halo 3 dropped. And that's what was like my first online multiplayer experience with shooters was actually with Halo 2 in uh, 2007. Wow, that's so sick, dude. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get online until um, the tail end of... Modern Warfare, Call of Duty 4, was like my first like online experience. Yeah. Um. So I don't know like how close it was the when Halo 3 dropped, but it was like right around that right around that time. But yeah. I remember. All if you're talking about COD 4, if you're talking about COD 4, or are you talking about Modern Warfare 1, or are they the same game? I mix uh, it yeah, up. Yeah, COD 4, Modern Warfare 1, yeah. I'm almost positive they dropped the same year. I think I think COD 4 like dropped a couple of months like. Halo 3 dropped in September. I think COD dropped in like October, maybe November of the same year. I mean, you're more than welcome to Google it, but I'm almost positive they dropped within the same year of each other. That sounds right, because I think that was the year that was just loaded with like the best games like ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, did we get Gears yeah, of War that year too? Ah, dude. I, I, oh, I can't remember that far back, but I do remember we were, dude, so many games were out that year. It was so good. So, Piff, you mentioned, like, playing custom games. Did you ever have, like, a favorite custom game growing up with the buddies? Oh, favorite custom games? Those probably didn't come around to, like, Halo 3. I, I was mainly, like, a multiplayer guy, and I only started playing custom games, like, when I was revisiting Halo 3. But if I had to pick one, it would hands down be Halo on Halo. Oh, man, so much fun. That's, like, one of the few custom games, like, I could play on loop over and over again, and I feel like most of the community... Just it's really hard to get tired of that one. For the people that don't know, like that custom game in particular, how would you describe it? So basically, it's a form of infection where there's one zombie sits in the middle of the of the map, and then everybody drives on an outer ring trying to get to the finish line, and then whoever gets to the finish line first 
without being killed by the zombie, that's their chance to kill the zombie. There's usually 10 rounds of it, depending on which version you're playing. And mm-hmm. it's like there's a lot of different modes of the circuit that you race around, but the original is probably the best. It sounds like a blast. I actually don't know if I had the pleasure of trying that out. I don't think I've played that oh. either. That sounds super fun. You guys have not lived. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll have to hop into uh, one, of your, one of your custom game nights and uh, get some Halo on Halo going. Oh, yeah. All right, man. Um, so I kind of want to dive more into um, some of the stuff you do within the Halo community, starting with your trips to Orlando and Worlds. Um, so before we kind of talk about your experiences there, I know you actually had the, the pleasure of officiating some of the events there. Um, so if somebody like wanted to get involved in officiating, like what was the path you took or what would be the path you suggest somebody take to get involved in something like that? So if I, I don't remember who referred me, but it's, it's more of a networking thing than anything else. Like I, I knew several people like, um, Jake McCoach of, uh, Penn's Pen Halo, which is no longer an org. Um, I also knew Icy, Icy Chiller from UGC. I knew uh, Grayson Mayo or Dragonite. I believe he was affiliated with Esports Engine. And Esports Engine is actually the company that brought me on board. But I pretty much knew all those people. I asked them, like, hey, listen, I really want to work these HCS events. Where do I even, like, begin? And they, they added me to some discords. They told me to – they gave me some emails. I actually had a friend. I don't know if you you know him, Fatal. Fatal HCS, or he goes by Fatal Flaw. Gotcha, he yeah, actually yeah. was at – I, I don't remember which major he was at last year, but he he talked to people. Or no, it was Oddzilla. It was Oddzilla or Fatal or both of them. They talked to people at the event that I was yet to go to, and they asked, like, hey, listen, one of my friends wants to work the next HCS event. Who does he reach out to? So honestly, I reached out to so many people. I don't know which connection actually made it possible. But, yeah, it's just throwing, your, throwing as many lines out there as possible, I think, is um, – is is the key to to getting into like the um getting into that that world so what are some of the events that you officiated like has it been over 10 or like what's the kind of gauge like where you at oh man um including worlds in terms of halo events because like my my job outside of halo i'm an independent contractor and i've worked countless events all kinds of events but in, in the halo sphere i've only worked three and one of them was right before COVID for UGC in Atlantic City. That's actually, I, I worked for uh, through IC Chiller, a.k.a. Ryan Weaver. I'm, I'm super grateful for the opportunity. Me and my friend Hypure, we admin the Halo 3 FFA there. And we met all kinds of actual freaking legends, um, including Dren, Porky oh, J, Great Stick, Gilkey, uh, Ryan Noob, I believe, competed. Oh, and, like, I'm man. I'm forgetting so many names, but that was that was like our my first experience at like a, a, like an official LAN outside of like Microsoft Store tourney, Microsoft Store tournaments and like GameStop tournaments. That's awesome, bro. Um, so, what would you say is the most challenging part of like trying to officiate these events? Um, probably directing everybody and and making sure the matches are are going as scheduled because the here's the thing. Like, I don't know if it, it's always been the case. But at HCS Orlando and HCS Worlds of last season, what we had to do was nobody could recover their gamer tags. We had to use gamer tags oh, no. that were assigned to each console. So the problem with that is if you've played Infinite 
Dude, I have been playing Infinite for almost a year and I've still not fine-tuned my settings. So imagine having to hop onto a brand new console, plug in your controller, oh God, and, then, and then adjust all your settings. And then and then a lot of the pros go into like a bot mode or, or training mode or weapon drills just to make sure like everything's right. Like I don't know how they did it. I would have had to write everything down or take screenshots of all my settings just to like map them accurately. And yeah, that that probably was the most time consuming. And like you know, you don't want to rush these people. They they paid to play the game. A lot of them traveled across the country or right. across oceans to come here and play. And you know, you got to be professional and courteous and understanding with them. And you got to you know do your best to accommodate them. But at the same time, We're you can't let. You got to move things along. Mm -hmm. And like even when we do that, even when we're trying to be prompt and on time, usually, like for example, the FFA uh at hcs worlds we had so many resets on the finals that like it was scheduled to end i believe at 8 30 and we ended at 10 30. oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah but that that's not just from that finals match um running long but it was also just like all the matches leading up to that just like you know people would sit down some people would be running late we'd have to do last calls and then yeah all the in-betweens yeah, exactly. That adds up, and it adds up, and then it overlaps, and then people are like, hey, my my match was supposed to be an hour ago. I'm like, yeah, I know, dude. I'm sorry. We're trying to just, you know, go with the flow, roll with the punches. Dude, I, I remember there's one Halo update over the last year where it reset all my settings. Like, and, <laughs> Yeah, it did the same thing for me, too. Dude, I hopped in a ranked game, and it's like, well, this does not feel right. What is going on? I had... <laughs> I had guys on my team cussing me out and shit. I'm like, guys, I'm sorry. These are not my settings. Like, my whole shit's fucked right now. Like, but, That's you know, definitely happened to me once or twice. Like, I think before the reset of Season 2, that definitely yeah. happened to me a couple times where I just loaded into the game, and maybe maybe I didn't do a hard reset of the game, and it just, like, completely messed up my settings. Yeah, my FOV, my sensitivity, everything. Yeah, I, everything for me was changed just back to default. Like, I just, I had to go through every single thing again, and I was just like, okay. And, like, I remember, because I, I was playing, like, a bunch of Halo Infinite right when it first released, like, in Season 1. Like, we were just playing it religiously. Yeah, we grinding, yeah. And then after, like, we hit Onyx and then, like, finished the Battle Pass and everything, I took, like, I don't know, like, a week or two break off, and I came back. And then just all my settings were default. And I was just like, guys, I can't do this. <laughs> like, I spent like probably half an hour going through my settings again, just so it felt almost the same again. Because yeah, so, I forgot what I put on there. Yeah, so imagine being at a tournament. And yeah, to yeah, yeah. <laughs> no bueno. And another thing, another fun fact uh, that I learned from my friend C4 from what he's, from what he's, from his experience, uh, he said the best way to prepare for lands, especially like HCS lands, is to play without sound. Because apparently the venue is so loud, even when you have your headsets and it's as noise canceling as they are, it's impossible here. According oh, to actually, like what I've heard from people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so outside of officiating, I know like at least within the H HLO community, you've done a lot of commentary. Have you had an opportunity to do any commentary at any of these events? Oh, are you so just to clarify, are you referring to doing commentary at the HCS events or for HLO, the, the community? Um, so I, I know you've done the HLO ones, but have you had a chance to do any at like any of these Halo events? Oh, so the only only um, time I've done any casting or hosting has been the community events that you mentioned. Uh, when I'm at when I'm at the HCS events, the only roles I've really filled were either uh, refs 
or I've worked like with merch, merch booth and merch sales, like merch setup. Um, but yeah, dude, that would be an honor if like they brought me on as a guest caster, even for like a side station or something. Oh yeah, man. Um, so I, I do have some more questions about the Halo Lives On community, but uh, before we get there, if you had to identify, you know, just like a few things about the Halo events that are your favorite or things that you would change or have more of, like what, what would you kind of isolate there? Um, I think one thing would be, uh, cause I, you know, I'm a born, born and raised in New York city. I would love to see a big halo event in New York city. There used to be some pretty decent Microsoft store, uh, tournaments there, but if we had like an HCS event in like times square or something, that would be, that would be something I'd love to see. And yeah, obviously okay. I'm in on that. That sounds awesome. And that'd be a lot closer for me too. So yeah. I think it would also be like a lot easier for uh, Halo players in New England. I know there's a pretty decent scene in Pennsylvania for Halo players. Players from New Jersey would come. So I think I think there would be a decent turnout. Oh yeah, man. Well, let's let's put the petition in. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, let's uh, let's move on to the Halo Lives On community, man. So um, I was just looking at like the roster there and it looks like you've eclipsed over 400 members of the community now, man. Right, first off, congratulations. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, did you ever expect like Halo Lives On to, to reach that capacity or like what was your intention when you first started it? So my intent, so Halo Lives On, it's uh, origins as a community. It stems back to the Facebook group, which is actually currently at 16,000 members. Oh shit! Well, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I started it in 2013. I believe that was during the Halo Four days. So I played Halo Four a fair amount. I feel like I got. I thought what was the top rank? 126 or 132, something like that. Jeez. And and I got that pretty quick. And I maxed out. And I was not really feeling the multiplayer. Wasn't vibing with a lot of the maps. And I went back to Halo Three on the 360. And I wasn't having the best experience there because the problem was most of my friends were still playing Halo 4. So when I would be playing Halo 3, I'd be matching like these teams of 4 or teams of 5 in Social Slayer. I'd have Griefers on my team. I'd have AFKs on my <laughs> team. And I'd be like having to sweat every social game. And that was just, I like, I was just trying to like play and chill and vibe out a lot of times. And like, you know, it's fun to sweat. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm definitely. Like, I call myself semi-casual because sometimes I'm competitive and sometimes I'm just ass at the game. So I'm, like, in between there. Sure. And <laughs> I know that all too true. <laughs> right? I think that's very relatable for a lot of a lot of players outside of the pro circuit. But, yeah, so, like, sometimes I just want to chill and I don't have to, like, be carrying my team or, or like, either I, yeah, I have to force to carry my team or I just get – I'm getting absolutely destroyed by a force stack. So I actually started the Facebook group as a way to, like, coordinate – make like getting teams on for like and halo lives on was originally called halo 3 lives on because i started it in the when, when halo 4 was, was at its peak popularity when it was like the main game being played so i was trying to get like more squads going for halo 3 and like having a better online multiplayer experience for halo 3 and the idea behind it was you know we'd coordinate i make a post in the facebook group like hey guys i'm gonna go live tonight I want to play Social Slayer, I want to play Big Team, or I want to do custom games. And then whoever wants to join up, they either message my gamer tag that I provide in the post, or they comment and be, hey, listen, I'll be on at 9, I'll be on whenever. Um, this is my gamer tag, message me, add me, yada, yada, yada. So that's where it started. I really didn't expect it to get bigger than a couple hundred, um, but then it just really, like, snowballed, and it became, it's like, you know, when when it becomes, like, a creation into a community, that's when it's, like, you know, 
it just it just completely shifted. It's and it, its goals completely shifted as well because I realized there were other people out there who wanted the same thing I did. So I really made the group kind of for myself and for like my friends to play Halo Three. And then I realized, like, dude, this is like a, a tool or a resource that like so many other Halo players could utilize. Mm-hmm. So what what is what is next for H HLO then? Like, what what's what's the future got in store for for the uh, group as a whole? So the goal is to uh, increase our presence across multiple platforms. Our uh, Twitter account is actually really close to hitting 500 followers, and uh, we really want to roll out this LFG aspect on multiple platforms, including Twitter, including Discord. We're trying to ramp up the Discord as well, where we just uh, so the idea we had for Twitter is people would tweet at Halo is on with their LFG requests, like say if you were looking for people to play with or you had some kind of like custom game night you'd be like hey at halo lives on i'm gonna be playing infinite tonight this is my gamer tag this is my time zone this is which halo i'll be playing and then we just like retweet it to all our followers and then hopefully you get a couple pings out of that you get a couple people you meet a couple new people from the community and same with discord you'd pop into our discord be like hey i'm playing tonight uh if i'm live if you're live streaming the event you'd mention that you'd be like hey listen you can stop by you can message my gamer tag and just to keep that like that like Whatever event you have, whether it's small scale or large scale, obviously a lot of large scale events have their own followings already, so they don't really need a Halo Zone resource as much. But we do want to promote pretty much any kind of events that, that could use like a boost in participation, a, a boost in viewership, any grassroots events that have to do with Halo. Doesn't matter which Halo, we want to we want to help out and like have some more people show up, ha have that networking going. And also uh, another thing we started doing. On my stream and with some we've, we're doing some collaborations is uh i'm trying to put on one community event once a month uh just about to ask people. you about those <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, you know what i'll i'll uh, let you i'll let you roll it out then <laughs> yeah no i was just gonna mention how um i know there's a, a group of us from the sandlot that uh participated in the free-for-all event you hosted this last weekend which once again thank you is awesome event um so i once again thank you for putting that on um I saw a lot of people in the chat mentioning that they would like to see a Master Chief Collection attorney. Is that what's what's next in the works, or what do you think? And I know with the spectator mode, it may be a little bit challenging, but um, is that a challenge you think that you're going to take on, or what's next as far as the attorney? So Halo Infinite being the latest title in the franchise, and the reason you mentioned the fact that we have spectator mode is two main reasons why I want to keep these community events that we're going to be casting and featuring um, to uh, to on infinite, pretty much. Um, I love I love MCC. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of fun custom games, and I I actually do MCC Mondays, and usually we end the stream with like just custom games, and anybody's free to join. Mm -hmm. But like these big feature events, just for the sake of simplicity, and also because um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but I am a complete console pleb. Like my my gaming, my streaming, it's all, run, it's all run through my console. I don't use a capture card. I don't use a PC for any of it. The only thing I really do on my laptop afterwards is like the content creation, content creating aspect where like I'm sharing highlights, I'm sharing clips, I'm trimming stuff. But otherwise, when it when I'm live, that's all being done for my Xbox. So for those reasons, particularly, and because I don't have the um, assets right now to uh, really feature uh, properly a a MCC tournament or an MCC event. Um, we are staking to Infinite. We do want to, we would love to do something 
like Halo 3 or Halo 2 or Reach even. Mm. But right now, our capabilities are strongest with Infinite, especially with all, all the new content coming out in the very near future. They're going to release Forge in a couple of days. So less I think when week. Forge comes out, Can't wait, man. Yeah, less than a week. So I think, I think right now, we're going to stay focused on Infinite and we're going to give like the attention that Infinite needs like help bring some more popularity bring some more eyes to that game as many eyes as possible i think there's already a lot of great orgs as well that are doing and they that they have way more resources than i do at the moment that are doing awesome tournaments like uh tommy cost throws on a lot of like um a lot of amazing events and uh, and his his affiliates as well so right now we're focusing on our strengths and we're focusing on like what we are actually capable of doing so i think we're going to stick to infinite but we are open to MCC events, and we do smaller scale MCC events as well. Yeah, fair enough, man. Mm -hmm. Um, so, Tiff, I'm digging the shirt, bro. Thank that, you, man. Appreciate that's a sweaty callout special. Yes, sir. This is one of the few sweaty callouts designs that we have. There, it's more tied into my personal streaming brand. Um, we have almost every other. Um, I used to like when I started out the store, I would incorporate my Skull Shield uh, logo into like a lot of designs. But I felt like if we wanted to be relatable and reach a wider audience, we need something that's not as centered around me personally and is more of like a brand identity. So, yeah, I'm wearing the Piftacular, kind of representing my personal brand as well as the Sweaty Collins brand. But, uh, yeah, if you'll see, we see more of the uh, Sweaty McSweat mascot. Uh, blue, <laughs> blue emoji with the sweatband on him. Like he is way more dominant in the um in the in the uh, brand designs. Okay, hell yeah, man. So, what was the kind of origin there? Then was that just kind of like an extension of uh, Halo Lives On that just naturally progressed like that, you know? Or uh... so sweaty callouts was actually a concept I developed a long time ago. A little bit of a backstory. When I was young, I had I had the fantasy that a lot of I think a lot of young Halo players had. Like, oh man, I I'm gonna be uh playing this game for a living. I'm gonna be playing on a professional level, you know. And I I told myself when I was younger, you know, I I had these all these team inspirations like final boss, triggers down, straight ribbon. And I was like, listen, if I ever had a team, I would call it sweaty call out. And <laughs> oh, I, actually yeah, I love that. Yeah, so that was a dream that it started as. And I had like a bunch of like references and Halo throwaway jokes. And I would always put the hashtag sweaty callouts to it. And and these like I actually pulled it. It's on the sweaty callouts Twitter somewhere. I screenshotted myself posting in the Halo Zone group saying like I would say something funny my friend said related to Halo. Like uh, one of my well, here's an example. My friend said, "Oh, he's like, I had a, I had a dream last night. I woke up in sweat, screaming Vito for rockets." Three days, and uh, I put hashtag sweat callouts after that. And like, I really didn't. I love the idea of it. I loved it as a name and as like related to Halo. And like, like I said, it started out as like my fantasy team name, and um, I I decided to bring it back last year. And I was like, you know what? I think this would make for a great apparel brand. That's kind of like has the awareness like where we where we I take Halo seriously and like I'll make fun of myself like I get super invested in the game and I take it seriously sometimes but you got to be able to laugh at that and I, I think 
what sweaty call outs a message behind it is like we get it's like that self-awareness of like players taking themselves too seriously because if you think about competitive gaming like mm -hmm. a lot of it's mental a lot of it's telling yourself like hey i'm better than the opponent hey i deserve to be here i'm one Mental of the best in the baby. game oh yeah <laughs> exactly so like the sweaty callouts is kind of like acknowledges that but also has some fun with it if you look at some of our designs like brody even strafe semi-casual that's another phrase i developed where like you know there's semi-pros there's pros there's casual players and you know since like i like to take myself seriously but i know like self-awareness I'm not one of the best Halo players out there. You know, I usually, I like to think I'm competent. Sometimes I'm above average. So I call myself semi-casual because I play like a pro or like <laughs> I have the mindset of a pro. Or what, what is it called? Oh, I, I had a saying for this. It's like the heart of an onyx, but the thumbs of like a plat. That's, <laughs> right that's excellent. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's a little a bit of like analogy. <laughs> motivation behind sweaty callouts. Awesome, man. Thank so, you. do you have do you have like a favorite like <laughs> piece of merch then, or what's the, what's your favorite shirt? Man, I so I'm probably gonna go with the first official design that we had, which uh, which uh, if you look at the site, it's called um, "Filthy Casual in the Streets, Sweaty <laughs> in the Sheets." Uh, and that's just the whole message behind it. And I thought that was a hilarious, like the in the streets, in the sheets template. I definitely wanted to apply it to Halo. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, um, before we wrap, wrap up today, Piff, I have a little game that I uh, just kind of put together yesterday. So we got news of the winter update, some of the sandbox like balancing changes. So I just wanted to play game i'm referring to as yay or nay, <laughs> yay or nay. So i'm gonna kind of just go down the list um of some of the balancing changes coming to infinite and you could just tell me yay or nay uh first one i know there's a lot of very strong opinions on either side of this um the remo removal of snap sliding what do you think yay or nay i'm gonna have to even though i i don't think i'll ever be able to snap slide or i've never done it yet i'm gonna say nay i think it's like a skill gap um concept that like don't really see the point of removing because so few people do it and so people so few people are able to utilize it is it really an exploit and you know it's so hard to pull off what's i don't i personally don't see the point of removing something like that it sounds kind of like it kind of reminds me when they remember they removed those skill jumps like the pizza jump on streets oh uh, so i was I was actually really pissed about that. Like, and they got rid of uh, in Halo Five the the spring jump too. Right. Yeah. That I don't know why they did that because it was so sick to watch. Yeah, I, I think I mean, that's another thing we're unable to do in Halo Five. But yeah, I I don't see why they would remove something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't dabbled with the snap sliding. I just do the like the curb sliding. But yeah, like you said, the snap sliding is so difficult. Like one percent of the population is doing it. It's a skill gap. And it's not always practical in high tier ranked play, so I don't I don't get the point of the removal. I think they're putting an emphasis on the wrong things. <laughs> so before we before we move on, what what's like the difference between snap sliding and then like the curb sliding, the stuff that like we practice? Snap sliding is basically curb sliding on crack. Yeah. Oh, you you get way more air. You go way faster. You go way further. It's actually crazy. I don't know if uh, I, I think it was a uh, Milkway or some some. Yeah, Milkway. Milkway. Yeah, I used used Milkway, pretty well yeah. on Twitter yesterday. Mm. Yeah, his runaround of live fire. I was just like, how? I almost thought he was like modding or something. I'm like, <laughs> they're, 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 like, 
There's no way, dude. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check out a couple videos then. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Um, so the next one we got on the list here, they buffed the plasma pistol. So now its intention is to help track at mid medium to close range, and it has an increased base damage of 20 to 28. What? It's ridiculous. I, I, I'll let Piffin go first, then I'll... I'll... So I'm going to say yay, because I feel like it doesn't track like it used to in like the older Halos. And another thing I would bring back is the its ability to disable vehicles. I still don't know why that's not a thing anymore. Maybe because of the shock weapons and the shock grenades. I was thoroughly I surprised by that change. Yeah, yeah, I remember shooting like a vehicle with a plasma pistol. I was like, wait. Yeah, <laughs> we all had the same reaction when we first played Infinite. You just charge up the plasma pistol and hit a vehicle. It would just still run you over. And you're like, what the hell just happened? Like, <laughs> yeah. It should be shut down right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if that's the case where it's no longer, it, that's one of its, I felt that was one of its key utilities, especially like if you think Halo 2 the yeah. combo, yeah. It was main, its main reason was to take out shields, to disable vehicles, even mm. in Halo 3, the later Halos, and like, why bring it back if you have an alternative and then just give it a, like, you know, it's like limping around handicapped. I don't know. It just, at that point, remove it from the sandbox. Right. Yeah, but I, I'm on the same page with you there. I'm, I'm glad they're helping with the tracking. And, uh, you know, increased base damage. So, like, it's actually more of a viable weapon within the sandbox. Um, so, next up, we have the Pulse Carbine getting a buff. Um, the intention is to help land more shots at close to medium range um, and reduce its effectiveness at long range. I believe they're also uh, nerfing the velocity, though. So, it should be more accurate at short to medium range, but the bullets travel a little bit slower. Mm, okay. I'd say yay. I think that I think that's gonna make the gun more balanced. I feel like it's not utilized as much in close to medium range, but long range, like I'm get I get melted across the map. I'm like, and then I'm just like, I just get cleaned up one shot, and I'm like, what just happened? Like, dude, I got one BR shot, and I'm dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I agree with you yet again. I think most of these changes. So let's say see, they're t they're two for three right now. So. <laughs> Uh, not bad so far. Next one we got up is the commando. They buffed the commando so that there's more bullet magnetism to help land more shots at shorter ranges. Um, I I kind of felt I kind of liked the challenge of learning commando and getting used to commando. So I, I was actually like, sometimes I did feel like there was a shot registration issue with it, but otherwise I thought it was a pretty balanced gun. Yeah. Um, so I, I might have to say nay on this, but I also, I'm going to have to see how, how, how it handles. So I don't know if I have another option, but for now I'll say nay. I kind of like the commando the way it was. I wish I had a counterpoint, but I, I feel the exact same way. I want to actually see how this one feels. So what is it? What does it mean by bullet magnetism at closer ranges? Does it just mean like you have more aim assist? Just essentially. Okay, because I, I thought the gun... registration is a little bit more lenient. Like your hitboxes, mm -hmm. you get more. Um, you just you just get more uh, leeway with your shots. Like if you if you think of the Halo Two anniversary examples, when you're shooting people, you could be shooting like right next to their head, and you're still getting that hate registration that it's a headshot. Oh, okay. That's that's BMAG. Halo Two anniversary and Halo Four were notorious for BMAG high mm -hmm. BMAG. That's why you. The, top, the rate of kill was so high because it was just so easy. Like, it was so hard to outstrafe the Halo 2 anniversary BR. Hmm. All right, so we'll say two and a half out of four right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Give it a half. Fair enough. Point. Compromise. <laughs> I like the compromise. Um, next up, we have the battle rifle getting a nerf. Um, but the intention here is to increase the skill ceiling. So it's make it's going to make the final like headshot kill harder to achieve um, by having less bullet magnetism. Um, and it's also going to decrease the effectiveness of the battle rifle when you're firing from the hip at a longer range. So you have to kind of scope in at longer ranges. And um, that final final headshot to tap them off, there's going to be less magnetism. So, like they said, the intention here is to increase the skill ceiling. Yeah, increase the skill ceiling with the battle rifle. One of the things I've liked about Infinite throughout was the BR. That was probably like the main reason all I played was ranked arena in the beginning because it was BR starts. Um, with that being said, uh. I'll say yay to this. Okay, the only one that I think we can maybe have a little bit of a counterpoint here. Okay. I'm just nervous that they're going to fuck around with the battle rifle too much. Because like, like you mentioned at the beginning there, the battle rifle felt so good that like I am getting very nervous if they're going to start tweaking the battle rifle. Mm-hmm. That was the one thing amongst all the weapons where I'm just like, the battle rifle feels so goddamn good. So like, if they're starting to tweak it, I just hope that they don't mess it up. So oh, I'm going to go nay, just based on my nervousness that 343 is going to mess it up. <laughs> I, I do recognize that as a concern, and I agree, I agree with your uh, counterpoint, actually. And what I'm thinking is, if, it, if they do mess it up, I think there's going to be such a backlash, especially from like competitive players and like pretty much universally all competitive players, that if they do whiff it, um, they probably will just revert to the original. Um, I think that's something they recognize because if you lose, if you lose the competitive scene at this point, then you lose pretty much any attention this game's getting. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, next one here, we got, got the frag grenade is getting a nerf, so it's going to have an increased detonation time by 0.2 seconds, and this is to attempt to allow players a little bit more time to react to grenades. Thank God. Um, so that there's not so many trades, you know, like melee. Bam, nade, and then mm-hmm. you end up in a trade. So, I don't know. What do you think about that one, Piff? Here's my... I've been having a lot of issues in Infinite in regards of nades because I'm a, I'm a kind of guy that, like, if I feel like I'm going to lose a close quarter engagement, I'll drop a nade. Yeah. If I could get a melee, I'll drop a nade. And I... My nades... Don't explode. Just disappear. They disappear like they never <laughs> drop. I'll oh, hear them drop. God. And I'll, I'll see myself committing the action mid-death. And I've noticed this, and people brought it up on Twitter. So I'm going to say that they're the fact that they're nerfing nades. I, I don't know if that's going to fix that issue that I'm having. So I'm going to have to say nay here. Yeah, uh, I think if the intention, um, if their intention actually comes to fruition, I think it's a yay. But I completely get what you're saying. Like I have at least five, five clips of me sticking somebody with a plasma grenade yeah. and then I die yeah. and it never goes off. <laughs> I've had plasma nades stick to somebody then fall off them and the guy just walks through it and just takes no damage. <laughs> My plasmas will pass through people. <laughs> I'm blown away. I'm looking and I'm on stream I'm like, yeah, am I, am I hallucinating or is, is like chat seeing this as well? And it's just like, I, I don't know what they did with the nade system. But hopefully that's something that's get uh, an issue that gets resolved uh, very soon. My my only two cents on the issue is is I want nades nerfed 
as much as possible because I swear to God, when I throw a nade, it like hits somebody in the face and it does like 10% damage to their shield. And then I just like, I turn around a corner and then a nade just like flies directly in my face and one shots me. Like it just happens every game for me. So the less nades that get spammed at me are better. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. I think nade damage is very inconsistent, and I'm not, I, I understand it's an AOE kind of a, of a, of a tool, mm -hmm. but even then, I, I feel like dead on nades like might take out all your shields. It just feels might... weird. That's all. That's just yeah. like my whole point. It just feels not like inconsistent. Just like something feels off. Wonky, wonky for sure. Mm -hmm. So the the last thing that um, will be coming to the winter update um, is the disruptor getting a buff. Um, it's a pretty simple buff. They're, they're just increasing the mag size from 10 to 12. And that's what the intention of this, the disruptor actually being able to kind of finish off an enemy. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Piff? That's a yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a yay in that one too. I mean, that's I'm all for that. pretty, pretty minimal change. But um, so as far as the like frags and stuff not hitting or, you know, bullets not being counted, they finally addressed desync and said that they're working on it. And they addressed desync in three different areas. Um, so one was the grenades, one was the vehicles, and then one was uh, uh, the melees. I may, I remember definitely melees, definitely vehicles, and then I think they grouped grenades and just like hit registration in general together. Mm -hmm. But it's something that the, the team has finally addressed and is working on. I'm hoping that by the time season three comes out, that is polished. It feels like if it feels like we're in alpha this last year, and now we're going into beta, and then we'll finally get a polished game by the time season three hits. The full release of the game. <laughs> so actually, like I'd I'd argue that um the melee system is not uh flawed because of desync, but it's flawed because of the inconsistent player collision. So uh in in infinite, I think it's the first Halo where like you could just phase through teammates. Yeah, which one? It's it also throws me off because when I could pass through my teammates, but my grenades don't and my bullets don't, like, then what's the point of having team damage in um, ranked modes on right. your on your teammates? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not like I'm not saying like from a logical standpoint. When I say logical, I'm not talking in terms of like I know we're playing a sci-fi game that takes place 500 years in the future. I'm just talking <laughs> in terms of like the continuity. If like I can pass through my teammates. And why can't my projectiles? Why can't my bullets? Why can't my grenades? And that that's always something that like catches me off guard. I pass through my teammate and then I try to throw a, a nade and it bounces right back at me. And I'm just like, all right, there's that inconsistency right there. <laughs> yeah, I'd, yeah. Like to, uh, I'd like to expand a little bit. So my my what I think is when when you don't have player collision across the board, it bleeds through to enemy players. Because what I've noticed in my experience, a lot of people on my stream have noticed the same thing. Because I, I try to be like one of these, I try to be a self-aware and I try not to be one of those people like every time I die, I have an excuse. I try to be, I try to have self-accountability being like, hey, listen, if you out be army or if I could, you know, absolutely shit on, I'll be the first one to say it on stream live. Like, hey, dude, I just got destroyed, man. Oh my God, I was, that dude was one shot and he out be army. Like, good, kudos to him. But in the same breath, you know, if I if I phase through somebody, or like I'm looking at somebody and they ninja me, like they're, they're yeah. facing me and they because they pass through my body and their melee registers with my back, I'm just like, what is that? 
That's, yeah, and I, that, it's so ridiculous. I have a, I have yeah. a clip of that too. This guy literally thrustered through me and then ninjaed me, and I was like, "What the fuck?" I a couple of sorry. No, you're good. No, you're, you're good. good. A couple of days ago, and I and I was just because I literally this was off stream, but I I, I tilted so hard. I was playing <laughs> rank, and I I back smacked somebody. Passed through them and they back smacked me. I almost quit the oh. game. I never quit games. <laughs> I almost left, dude. I almost left. I was so close. So I petition to bring back player collision across the board. Yeah. For everybody, I think I think the melee system would fix itself if that happens. I 100% agree with you because I had the same thing happen to me too. Like me and this guy were literally just like shooting each other and like we both melee. I hit him in the front and like we're literally standing right in front of each other. And he just melees me and it says he's ninja'd me when I'm looking right at him. I'm just like, how? How does that even happen? I think at the very minimum, they need enemy collision on. Yeah. I do think it'd be interesting, though, if they had teammate collision, if what jumps would be possible. So here's the thing. And I thought this in the beginning as well. Enemy collision is supposed to be on. Is it it's really? supposed to be the, the 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 lack of player collision. It's only supposed to be for friendlies. You're so, but see, that's how flawed it is. That we I literally played this game for months, and I remember I, I talked about it on stream for a lot. I'm like, dude, I can't believe there's no player collision on your enemy players. And then people were like, what are you talking about? There is. And then we went <laughs> to custom games, and there actually is wow. custom games for the most part. But but that that it's just it's inconsistent, and my argument is that it's inconsistent because there's no player collision for your friendlies. I think mm. if they enforce player collision across the board, then that would happen so infrequently. Like I don't even think it would be a thing. If somebody if somebody like asked me true or false, there's enemy player collision. I would say false. <laughs> I would say false. Too. I would I'd say false that too. For the time. <laughs> I, I I was blown away. I, this was like at least three four months into the game. I was playing with the understanding that there was no player collision at all. Right. <laughs> I, I'm and seeing dude, the general trend. You're, you're, you're under the assumption. I don't blame you, dude. I really don't blame you. It's not even like a, it's not even an ignorance thing. It's just the, what the game's relaying to you and what your experience in the game is versus what is actually happening in the game. It's just, it's not the same thing. That's, that's also ties into desync. Mm-hmm. I think the general trend in Halo Infinite is just that, inconsistency that happens in like multiple aspects yeah. and that's why the game just feels so weird right now is because it's just like all this stuff just happens every single game when it just shouldn't you know hey, fingers crossed going forward though boys oh yeah winter update's gonna be great i i really do hope it's gonna be great yeah i so I, here's I here's think, what i've been saying the right track here's what i've been saying to like my friends and the community i'm like listen if forge works it's supposed to even if it's a beta it's going to revolutionize the franchise. It's going to bring back so many players. Mm -hmm. We're going to see so many amazing creations. We the already have seen some nutty ones back. and it's not even out yet. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly, yeah. I'm like, look at what's been leaked. Like, one, the creators are going to come back to the game, and then they're going to bring back the long-coveted casual player base because they're going to be playing all these fun customs, all these fun concepts that, like, we haven't – We like, if you've – what we've seen already, I think, is just like one percent of what's possible and what we're gonna see as long as Forge works. Yeah, you're gonna get like, it's it's basically like I was I was trying to explain something to, um, what Forge is the other day. I was like, it's Minecraft on crack, like Minecraft within Halo, <laughs> which they actually had a somebody re replicated a lockout with Minecraft yeah. blocks. Oh really? Yeah. That was wow. so cool. Which was, that was awesome. So cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. 
But um, APIF, I really appreciate you taking your time out of the day to do this with us. Thank you so much. Good conversation. And I, you know, all, all your different experiences, it's very enjoyable for me. And I hope, I hope the listeners enjoyed it as well. Uh, yeah, thanks. Once again, yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity. And it's, it's always, I just love talking to other Halo fans, other Halo heads. Like, it's, that's always a great time for us. Just like, even if we don't agree on everything, you know, just have that discourse, that open discussion without us beginning to flame each other. I know you're a super cool dude and that would never happen. But just like, I always love that chance to like, just talk to another uh, individual who shares this passion and interest of mine. Hell yeah, Piff. Well, appreciate you, man. Have a good one. All right, once again, thank you to Pippin. Let's hop into the gaming news. What do you think? Hell yeah, let's do it. Lead the way, buddy. All right, so today on the gaming side, I know it's been a while, so we've uh, missed a decent bit of gaming news. I but recap some things. Yeah, so we're, we're going to still keep up to date, you know, with the weekly news and everything. But um, what should we start with? Should we start with the, the Halo Championship? Well, well, Halo Championship recap. Green wall, baby. Yeah, who who won? Who won? Let us know. Uh, Optic. Mm-hmm. Optic closed it out. So they made it to the grand finals, got swept, but then the bracket got reset by C9. Mm-hmm. And the bracket reset, they swept C9. So congratulations to Optic. You're Halo World Champions. Yeah, shout out to my boy Formal. I absolutely love that guy. Beast. So now he's one of two people that have a world championship in Call of Duty and Halo. Jeez, man. Budgie. Just absolute gamer. I, I would be inclined to call him one of the goats. Oh, I mean, no, no doubt. doubt. I mean, there's only two people who have won worlds in two different games. Him? FPS games, at least. Yeah, yeah. Wait, who's the other one? Do you know? Not off the top of my head, no, I don't. Okay. But I know Formal's one of them. <laughs> my boy Formal. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, but, um, dude, the championship was just so damn good, dude. It was so fun to watch. It had really good viewership on Twitch, and it just it just seemed like everyone was just so hyped to watch it, which is just, like, a really good sign to see for the game. And Halo Land just looks so smooth. I can't wait till um, they address some of the desync issues that we, we touched on with Piffin. Mm-hmm. I know we talked a lot of Halo, so we'll kind of just glance over that and move on to uh what we got up next here fishy yeah so shout outs again to optic congratulations on the w the win the trophy everything you guys are absolutely insane proud of you boys but moving on um switching gears a bit uh we have another call of duty game that released this year we got modern warfare 2 not you popping no i don't my original thought was like, no, I don't want to get it because it's Call of Duty again. But the only thing that piques my interest, um, one, the campaign. The campaign I heard was like just solid, not like, you know, like insane or anything, but it was like yeah. a solid campaign. And then two, they have like a new mode called Raids, which um, haven't been released yet. I think they are supposed to release a month after the game has come out. And, um, it kind of like reminds me of like doing destiny raids and everything so like you i think it's like a three player cooperative experience and you the first map is like you're on like a submarine base and you have to like you said you have to like solve puzzles like fight waves of enemies and then um there's like there like different mechanics you have to do like you get like oxygen tanks you have to like share with your teammates and everything like share oxygen and everything so that's what like piqued my interest when i heard about raids but on the flip side, seeing all the other things, like in typical Call of Duty fashion, it's just filled with bugs. 
broken weapons as usual on release and like you know that they're gonna sell you know microtransaction bundles for the broken weapons and even a map that i heard that they're potentially getting sued over if they kept it in the game oh a couple maps yeah yeah oh, the museum in particular i guess they never got the rights to put that realistic uh structure into the game so they yeah. had to remove it immediately <laughs> yeah and then they're they're getting some backlash on the formula one map as well too because it was uh, oh, i didn't see that one what's that one about i think it's just like the same thing they just like didn't have the rights and like i don't know if like the course looked too similar to real life and they just didn't have the rights but like they got some backlash to that map and then the museum map you're talking about i think one other map too but i think it was just like a, a singular building or something but yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things going wrong with their with their maps on on release, which is not good. Yeah, I mean that being said, I have seen a lot of things that are both positive and negative, just depending on who you're asking. Like if you ask some of these like top tier streamers, they're complaining about the movement. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are complaining about the maps or the TTK. Um, but I've also heard a lot of people that have really enjoyed the game. But when you have such a wide audience, you're gonna have both positive and negative. So right, right. But yeah, I mean, even though with all the good and bad things we just talked about, it still had an insane first three day sales for it. It actually topped over $800 million in its first three days, which completely baffles me. I don't understand how many people buy this game because like, like in our friend group, I think only a couple of our friends have bought it. But I just like I want to know who keeps buying these games year after year because it's just like you're just getting the same product every time and like the maps are different. But then you complain about how the maps are kind of dog shit and you just want the old ones back. So I just I don't know how to make heads or tails of those numbers and they made a billion almost a billion dollars in three days of a game releasing. Well, I mean, like for casual fan, all there is a staple. I mean, Madden sells well every year. Oh, and i'm not saying that all call of duty fans are casual gamers don't get me wrong here but like it's appealing to the masses yeah you know what i mean yeah fair so, enough. but it also and, has and a it's always going to you know what i mean it's just it's just a staple in gaming yeah. it doesn't even have to be a good game i mean i don't know what the numbers were for vanguard or cold war both games that we thought were crash mm -hmm. um that both continue to sell well and like i said just like just like madden sells well every year yeah it's and, and like the game's priced at seventy dollars too. It's not a sixty dollars game anymore. I, to, see, I didn't even know that either. Yeah, you have to. Pay. Is that universal? Because there's some discrepancy there with charging more for uh, consoles and not. I have no idea what the price is on computer, but if it's sixty bucks on computer, I'm I'll be livid because I was still pissed about the tiny Tina's when we bought it because we spent seventy five bucks on the game and then I look on PC and it's at sixty. Because there's no next-gen upgrade on PC. It's just whether your computer can run it or not. Yeah, that's And I think that's... Shit. I still think it's a scam with the next-gen updates. That they're, yeah. I, I think we have touched on that pretty thing on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I know we have. Big old crock of shit. Still but. makes me angry. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, when you're appealing to such a wide audience, you're going to have both positive and negative. I guess the best thing to do is just give the game a go. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, from there huh i'll i'll come back to call of duty when uh microsoft finally acquires activision blizzard well that's the thing though it's, it's not going to come to game pass what yeah confirmed not coming to game pass why it's one of the stipulations that sony has there's been a lot of drama with the uh acquisition of activision by microsoft and that seems to be one of the stipulations is that at least for i think three years that the game 
uh, Call of Duty will not be coming to Game Pass, which is unfortunate because that's the avenue I wanted to pursue to try out Call of Duty. But th at this point, um, again, I'm looking up and into the future for Halo. I hope they can actually deliver on a lot of the things that they promised. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm going to stick with Halo. And then when Warzone comes out, I'll, I'll dabble with some Warzone. But I think that's going to be the route I take. Yeah. I just... Um... So, uh, speaking about the Activision Blizzard um, acquisition and everything, how does Sony have so much pull with this acquisition as opposed to all the other ones that have happened like over the past year or so? And on the flip side, Microsoft has done nothing about uh, Sony's acquisitions with uh, their studios. So, like, how is it that this is such a big discrepancy well, in the gaming the, industry? The studio as a whole is just is more impact on the, the gaming industry than the previous acquisitions, both by Sony and Microsoft. Yeah, I mean, but, like, they didn't really try to do anything when we got Bethesda on Game Pass, you know? So, and, like, their Bethesda is absolutely huge. Like, they make insane amounts of money, and, like, they don't even release a game every year. Well, I think that's part of the thing, though, is they're not releasing a game every year. It's not an industry-shifting uh, title like Call of Duty is. I beg to differ. I think every game that comes out from Bethesda is industry shifting. Yeah, but it's industry shifting every seven Fallout, years, every year. Fallout, Skyrim. Oh, I'm not, I'm not discrediting those games and their impact on gaming at all. I'm just saying, Call of Duty, it's like somebody that would acquire EA Sports or something, right? Yeah. That's a title that's coming out every year, and if you have exclusivity on that every year, and... That shifts the pendulum in Microsoft's favor in a big way. So I think that's where the biggest concern is. At the end of the day, I think Sony's a bunch of crybabies. But... True. Yeah, and like they still have an insane market lead over Microsoft, like minus like the you know subscription service with Game Pass as opposed to PlayStation Plus. But and that was one of the, that was one of the defenses Microsoft brought up in this whole controversy was the fact that. Oh, they're like, going to be a monopoly like, now, but, like, you look at the numbers. And yeah, so PlayStation player base is, I think it's over two times as big console-wise than Xbox. Yeah. It's like 200 million to 50 million or something. Yeah. I, those numbers could be completely wrong. But just off the top of my head, I knew something, like, drastic. Like yeah, yeah. Like, more than double. Yeah. So, I just, I don't know. It's this whole acquisition. Like, it should have happened, like, months ago at this point. It's going to happen. It's just... And I, I think, like, um, most countries have been on board with the acquisition. I think the only one that's been halted right now is uh, the EU. And, I the EU and the U.S., I believe. Yeah, so the major thing with EU is, um, like, there are major concerns with, like, monopolies and everything. But, like, again, you go back to the numbers, and Sony's been dominating the entire time. So it's just, like, what, is, what more is there to discuss? You're talking about monopoly. It uh, just like shows like how big the numbers are in favor of one company, but you just like look at the other company that's like arguing that point. They're just like, oh, they make way more than Xbox does. Right, and the irony behind it too is they don't want any timed exclusivity, which is something they have repeatedly done. With oh them. yeah, it's like the most bullshit point of them all. It's just like, yeah, we can't let them have this timed exclusivity thing. It's just not in favor of the gamers. Meanwhile, they've done it with Destiny, Call of Duty, like every game that they can think of. Where do they have? like 
it's especially like in destiny like they would give them like strikes like really fun activities and like for an entire year or more like only for playstation well, yeah like, yeah we can't do it on xbox well with, with call of duty specifically they locked spec ops yeah the spec ops yeah to only playstation it's right like you can't just lock entire portions of a game to I one think, console I, I could be wrong on this you have to let me know but i do believe the modern warfare 2 uh remastered campaign was I had a time and exclusivity on PlayStation as well. They got it before Xbox did. Really? I believe so. I could be wrong there. I, yeah, I, I don't know. This, this is why we need somebody, a producer, being able to fact check. Yeah. <laughs> we need a live fact checker right yeah, behind the camera. <laughs> when the world's quiet is hiring. <laughs> minimum wage. No, less than minimum wage. <laughs> you get paid in Tootsie Pops. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Well, I think that's all the news we have on Call of Duty. I mean, just take it as you will. It's another Call of Duty game. It's fun. It's not fun, you know. Yeah. So it's gonna. I'll be based on the player. Right. I'm. I'm not getting it unless it's like five dollars on the store. So I, I'm just gonna wait on it. Right. But moving on. Um. Uh. Have you seen? Have you been seeing the God of War commercials coming out for the game? That's supposed to come out. I think in like what, like a week or so. I know you sent me the one, but there's been. A handful of them are pretty interesting. Huh? Yeah, there's two of them that uh, stood out for me that are that I really liked. One of them, which uh, I I know I sent to you, uh, it was a commercial with Ben Stiller, John Travolta, and LeBron James and their kids, and like they're all like in a circle together, kind of like doing like a group therapy type session. And it's just like the funniest thing ever because it's just like Ben Stiller in like a full Kratos outfit and everything. And he's just like doing like a therapy session with LeBron and his kid. And then like John Travolta and his kid is just so funny. You have to, if you haven't seen it, you should watch it on YouTube because it's, it's a really good commercial. That is something I really do appreciate about like PlayStation and Sony as a whole is I think all their commercials have, are usually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and these just take it to the next level. I know I've seen the one you were just referencing with Ben Stiller, but there's a there's another one, a commercial in Japan or something. Oh yeah, this one this one's a, a bit out there. Like I couldn't even like give you the title of the commercial because it's in Japanese. But I'm pretty sure if you just type in Japanese commercial God of War, it'll come up. And it's basically just like a like a kids song commercial but for god of war irony yeah and it's just it's so funny because like you just like see like these like japanese guys like singing like a catchy simple tune and then you like get like uh small snippets from the game of like kratos just like absolutely wailing on these enemies and everything and it's just i think it's just hilarious to see because it's just like you know you have like the funny japanese side and then just like god of war and kratos just like killing enemies on the screen yeah i love that so if you get a chance also watch that those are two really good commercials and not me personally i always hate commercials and uh me giving a recommendation on watching one that's pretty high yeah this guy <laughs> is an avid i go out of my way to not watch ads whenever <laughs> like, i can leave the room exactly i'll literally turn my screen off if i see an ad so definitely watch them <laughs> yeah and uh you know with our first first uh podcast back we are going to kind of move through this stuff relatively fast on top of having the interview today mm -hmm. um so moving on to some more not quite gaming news but within the realm of gaming it's in the sphere i'd within say within the nerdism of uh i don't know where i'm going there but 
uh, go ahead and break it down for us. It's, it's, it's pertaining to The Witcher. Yeah, so um, I'm sure uh, most of you have heard now if you're a Witcher fan, but uh, Henry Cavill is leaving the show after the third season. And um, he will be replaced by Liam Hemsworth, not Crimson Hemsworth. You can't even get Thor, huh? No, we can't even get Thor. <laughs> so we get we get Thor's younger brother as the new Witcher, Geralt of Rivia, and it just breaks my damn heart hearing this because um the new uh, most people are assuming uh, the reason why he's leaving is because he's joining up again to be Superman for the DC universe. But I think there's more added layers to that. I think there's a lot of discrepancy between him and the directors. Yeah. They actually, they actually have a petition going now to get rid of the directors and bring Henry Cavill back. Yeah. And um, with the directors, um, also the show writers. And like he, like a lot of articles with Henry saying like he was committed to like a seven seasons for The Witcher and everything. And that like he's just been like a super fan of The Witcher series. Like as am I. I absolutely love Witcher. And he had he was starting to run into problems early on with the show writers and how they were not staying true to the source material, like the books and the games and everything. And there's even reports where the show writers were like actively mocking the like the books and games and everything. And it's just like it just I can't wrap my head around how these writers get these jobs, because like you literally have the source material in front of your face just adapt it to live screen tv like it's not that hard yeah, and i, I get mean, you want to put your creative freedom on it yeah but within reason within a certain parameters there's source material for a reason if you want creative freedom make your own damn show <laughs> make your own original idea you can't just take something that's been successful over the past decade and then just be like no let's just change everything but keep it in the same universe and how many times are they gonna are they gonna do this like yeah with halo i mean look at the backlash halo got i mean oh yeah obviously we've talked about halo five fucking times this episode already <laughs> you know but it's just like with all these video game adaptations you know why are they veering so far away from the thing that made these games and these stories so beloved by the fans yeah so beloved and special i just i don't understand and it's just like it and like when you do some digging like i did some digging especially for like the halo show writers and everything like most of the writers on the show were like either like first time writers or like they worked on like one show previously that wasn't even successful so i just like i don't know if they're like like cutting the budget on writers and everything for the show just to save some money or what or they're just like really bad at hiring it just i don't understand how you could be so bad at just making a story that's already there you know and just that's partially why the reason why henry cavill left like one being uh, going back to superman and two he's just like had so many clashes with the directors and show writers so he will be gone season four luckily we'll get him in season three which hopefully comes out next year but season four won't come out for at least another two three years at this point yeah and i guess we'll just uh wish liam the best i mean we all want the show to keep being what it has been the first two seasons mm -hmm. i mean i think i speak for us both that we both really enjoyed it and want the story of the witcher to continue so yeah, I don't, hopefully you'll be able to carry the mantle don't fuck it up liam i'm counting on you <laughs> All right, man. So now we're going to hop into our new segment, Ooh, baby. Uh, which we will be referring to as Frint's Freaking Fantastic Five 
for friends, family, females, and fans, or for short, FFFFFFFF. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's what you're going with? <laughs> that's verbatim from Friends. And, and I mean, if you guys have seen. <laughs> this is the first time I'm hearing about it. Yeah. That kind of and threw if, me for a loop. <laughs> yeah, so as as you guys know, if you're if you're fans of One World Clyde, uh, you know Prince personality, and that is just right on the mark with it. Um, so we're gonna have five different topics, which we will spin a wheel to decide what happens next week. And there's a six spot in the wheel. Or those of you in the Sandlot will be able to decide which one we pick. Um, for this first week. We are doing conspiracy theories. So I am going to pull up Friends Conspiracy Theory for this week. All right, here we go. Look what Friends got for us. What do you got for us, Friends? So there's been something going around getting everybody sick, but there have been some peculiar rumors going around with it. Some people believe the theory that you can actually get sick by playing in an Xbox party with someone who is contagious. <laughs> now, I personally don't see how the common cold could transfer through Bluetooth, but I also don't understand how sound transfers through Bluetooth, and that happens every day. <laughs> I did some research. It turns out Bluetooth is actually named after King Harold Gromson. That's right. The same King Harold Grossman that united Norway and Denmark. Oh, in yeah, that 1958. one. <laughs> now, remember that number. But first, Norway. What else is Norway known for? Obviously, its national fish is the cod. Now, what game was just recently re-re-re-released on Xbox, Modern Warfare, Call of Duty, also known as cod? Fishy, but it doesn't end there. Remember the number 958? Nine minus five, four. Four times two, eight. 958 equals four. Who is Call of Duty made for? Gamers. Gamers like fish. <laughs> but also, gamers like Smalls. How does Smalls play his games? Not on Apple, because an Apple a day keeps the doctor away. No, not an iPhone, Xbox. Now, who owns Xbox? Microsoft. Oh my God. What else is both micro and soft? Carl's penis. <laughs> How do you fix that? Viagra. The link between Xbox and the medical field is Claritin Clear. It's there. Somebody's profiting off of this. But who? That's the question. Is it such a leap to say that somewhere oh the medical field is using Xbox parties to help sell Claritin, DayQuil, and other medicines? I don't know. Makes you think. <laughs> God damn it, Fred. That was excellent. Uh, so initial initial thoughts on Prince conspiracy theory that in fact you do get sick from Xbox Live parties and that That's what you got out of that? Yeah. Oh my god, that's a feel that felt like a fever dream or something. You just like you know like when you're dreaming and someone's explaining to you something, like that's what it felt like right there. Um, oh my god. So I actually know this is a conspiracy that goes through the sandlot that um I know Tink is a big, avid uh, connoisseur of the Xbox sickness, right? Yeah. Through Xbox Live parties. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think? There's any validity to this conspiracy? I'd say a little bit of validity because I remember when um, 
I had like a slight cold and everything. I was just like sneezing a little cough. And then I shit you not, like I think like two, three days later, Tink was also like sneezing and coughing. After her just got sick. He wasn't, wasn't feeling good. good. We, we gotta look, look out, out buddy. <laughs> we gotta watch out for these Bluetooth sicknesses. I think it's a real thing. Alright, so, so I think we're putting our stamp of approval on this one. Those of you in the sandlot where you're sick, you will not be invited to Xbox Live Party. Mm-hmm. 100% confirmed by the one and only friend. <laughs> my nose is running. Six feet away. But, <laughs> oh, here's my question, though. Do Discord chats work? Is that how we get rid of the sickness? Is the correlation with Microsoft? Mm, maybe it goes faster because it's through the internet and not Bluetooth. I don't know. We got we got to check the gigabytes per sickness. Let us know in the Sandlot Discord what you guys think. All right. So to discuss the uh, decide which one we're gonna do next week, I got a little wheel here, and we'll just give this guy a spin. So again, our different topics here are Mad Libs, the Sandlot picks, conspiracy, high Fox, goats, and sell me this. So for next week's podcast, Print will be discussing. That's a nice wheel you got there. Not a bad wheel, huh? Not a bad wheel. Mad Libs. So, this is one that will have the disc, uh, the Sandlot Discord. Uh, you guys will be a part of this. We're going to be asking you for adjectives, nouns, verbs that will be worked into Prince Mad Libs. And then that's something that we'll be reading uh, next week during the podcast. So, is he rapping for us? No. You remember the Mad Libs, like in the book? It give you like a story and it ask you for a noun verb. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So we're gonna have our own Win Worlds Clyde Mad Libs, and we want everybody in the Discord to contribute. So, um, more to come on that. Stay tuned on Discord. A nice little segment. I like it. That was funny. That, huh? that was a good segment. Ooh baby. All right. So we're gonna hop on into the sports now. I don't know why I went with the Southern accent there, but here we are. <laughs> All right, so I got kind of a, a curveball for you. Yeah. Should the MLB just allow cheating? What? What do you mean by that? Should the MLB openly allow cheating? No. Okay, and here's where this is all stemming from, okay? I don't know why I keep going back to this because I just keep bouncing in between, uh, in between videos here, but... So, this is the latest... Incident that people are accusing uh, Valdez, the pitcher for the Astros, of cheating. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can see in the video here, he's going to be rubbing his hands a lot. He switched gloves. Um, before he got checked by the referee, he was wiping his pants. Astros are notorious for cheating. People are looking for something to accuse them of cheating. It's no secret, though, that baseball's had their problems with cheating. Oh, yeah. Big time. So, coming back to my question of the day, should the MLB just openly allow cheating? Since... A lot of people seem to believe it's happening behind closed doors as is. Well, I don't think they should allow cheating because if they do it, then like how far will it go? You know, it's just like how how far are teams willing to go to cheat if it's even allowed? And then the state the state of the game just gets degraded even more vastly than it is now. Just void them all up, I say. More home runs, more entertainment. Who's complaining about that? Everybody loves more offense in the in uh, the NBA and NFL. 
Void these guys up again. again. You're gonna you're gonna soil America's pastime. It's already soiled. Soiled it. Soiled it. <laughs> so okay, so what is you know he's wiping his hands down. Alright, so you tell me what you see here. Is this enough to make you think that there's cheating going on or not? Uh, you see he's wiping his yeah, he's like grabbing his coat, trying to coat the ball. Enough there, there or no? I don't know. I mean, it looks like... I mean, like, the way that he's doing it, it's a little suspicious, but... Usually when, like, you, like, see, like, some sort of substance, like, on their hands or whatever, Starting it's like... Starting in 2017, it changes Houston the, Astros uh, conceived an illegal sign-stealing system and Oh, and there's the Astros cheating again. There's, um... I already forgot what the heck I was talking about. So, like, when you see, like, a, like a substance on, like, a player... It usually you can like sort of see it because like it's usually shiny against their skin, so like it, that like indicates that like there's a foreign substance on them that they're using for you know, like the ball or whatever. Um, right there, it I mean his hands looked a little shiny. I don't know if that's from sweat or whatever. Um, do, doing the thing with the ball like where you just like you know like grab it and just like you know squeeze it a bit. Like players do that all the time, but like the fact that he was like going to the palm of his hand. And then, game. Yeah. So I will I will also state this that he was checked multiple times during the game. Referees or umpires didn't find anything. So it's I what? mean, based on your biases, you're gonna lean one way or the other. Either yeah. way, I think I speak for America when I say fuck the Astros. Um, but just a little update on the series itself. It is tied two two right now. Uh game three, Phillies absolutely shelled the Astros with home runs. Um, mm -hmm. Blew them out. And then this previous game, the Astros threw a no-hitter. So now we're tied up at 2-2. Um, so as far as MLB rules go, or uh, news goes, there you go. I think uh, I heard a wild stat that um, every time the Phillies have won a World Series, we have gone into a recession. <laughs> so <laughs> they're they're getting there. So if they if they win I've the world, fuck Astros. <laughs> I I want the Astros to win only because I fucking hate Philly. But yeah, the the stat is um and like somebody like also put in like Call of Duty too. It's like every time like a Call of Duty is released and that the Phillies have gone to the World Series or won the World Series, we've gone into a, a recession afterwards. <laughs> And, and the state of our economy right now, I don't know. It's looking, it's not, not looking great. too good. Not looking great. <laughs> I guess that's a good rationale then. Right, yeah. It might be a little bit bigger. I, I'm cheering for the Astros. All right, so let's hop on into the NFL news. There's plenty to cover, but I just want to cover briefly the trade deadline and some of the big trades that were made. Um, so we have Naheem Hines going to Buffalo. Um and Indianapolis is getting Zach Moss and a conditional sixth round in 2023 in return. Uh, the Jaguars are going to acquire Kelvin Ridley from the Falcons, still suspended for the rest of the season, but will be uh, able to play next season for a 2023 fifth rounder, as well as a 2024 fourth rounder that is a conditional pick. The Dolphins are acquiring Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, for a fifth round pick to the 49ers. Um, but here are some of the bigger ones. We have Bradley Chubb going to the Dolphins with a 2025 fifth rounder for um, Chase Edmonds, a 2023 first rounder, and a 2024 fourth rounder going to the Broncos. So that has big impact IRL, not so much fantasy. Um, 
as you know, I, I'm a big fantasy football guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, some of these other ones have some impacts on fantasy football. How much exactly, I'm not sure. Uh, the Bears are acquiring Chase Claypool uh, in return for a second rounder, which is insane. I've seen all kinds of memes on the internet about how the Browns got Amari Cooper for a fifth round. And they just uh, uh, acquired Chase Claypool for a second, which when you compare the two, it's oh, insane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think there'll be minimal fantasy impact there just because Chicago only throws the ball like 10 to 15 times a game. So, I mean, they got Darnell Mooney, and he hasn't done much just because he's only getting like three, four targets a game. Yeah. Um, another one that may have some fantasy impact is the Vikings acquiring tight end TJ Hawkinson. Um, I think it's more of a, a pivot for him personally, but you could see Kirk Cousins' stock increasing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that trade, the Vikings are acquiring EJ Hawkinson, a 2023 fourth rounder, a 2024 fifth rounder. That's a conditional pick and giving to the Lions a 2023 second rounder and a 2024 third rounder. Wow. Um, these were not so close to the trade deadline, but still occurred and should have some fantasy impact. Chiefs are acquiring Kadarius Tony from the New York Giants for a third and sixth rounder in 2023. Um, and then Robbie Anderson to the Cardinals for a 2024 sixth rounder. And then the big one that everybody's probably like, hey, Smalls, I hope you're not forgetting about Christian McCaffrey. Um, and how could I after the, last, the week he had last week? Um, I think the first player since LaDainian Tomlinson in like 2003 or something like that to not only have a rushing touchdown, receiving touchdown, but also threw a touchdown. Wow. And that was his first game on the Niners after getting Oh, the- yeah. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. How many po- how many fantasy points you got that week? It was 38. Yeah, I was going to say it was almost like 40 points that week. That's crazy. Holy yeah. shit. Cheers to you, Christian McCaffrey owners. Uh, I assume you got it done this week, and I'm pretty happy. Um, in return, the Panthers are going to be getting a 2023 second rounder, third rounder, fourth rounder, and fifth rounder. Wow. Damn. All in 2023. So, Panthers are stockpiling some picks. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the main ones of emphasis I wanted to point out, as well as their fantasy implications. Mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily if people care as much for the defensive players, um, unless you're you know, locked in around the league, IRL. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as well... Outside of the MLB and the NFL, we also did have the start of the NBA season over the last uh, week or two. And, you know, we haven't been here for a while. So, yeah, it's been electric, baby. As we're, yeah, I mean, us Cleveland fans, they're ranked third in ESPN's power ranking. Let's go, Cavies. Hell yeah. Fuck the Celtics, own two. You can suck it all, you Boston. Um, yeah. Um, but. Someone that's not having such a good start is the Brooklyn Nets. Ooh. So not only are they starting their season two and six, they have now fired their head coach, Steve Nash. Really? But are now dealing with Kyrie's dumbass. And if you didn't... Uh, again? Again. Yeah, so if you didn't already know Kyrie was a dumbass, this will just solidify it for you. Um, recently, on his social media, he has been supporting a anti-Semitic movie um, from 2018. And I will not name the title of the movie. I do not want to support it in any way or give it any publicity. It's also an inappropriate name. Um, so we're not going to touch on that here. Um, but I know uh, Commissioner Silverman. It's Silverman. I'm pretty sure it's Silverman. Yeah. Um, is going to meet with Kyrie, and we'll see if there's any disciplinary action, 
disciplinary actions that will come from it. Um, but just from your opinion, what do you think a proper punishment for Kyrie would be? If any. Um, I don't know. I don't have to read a fucking book or something. I don't know. The dude thinks the earth is the, the dude thinks the earth is flat. I, I don't know if there's much hope for him. So that's a punishment. I mean, I mean, how, what way to punish someone who's an idiot um, by making him do something that's smart? Um, well, I don't know. It's so the way I find him, it, I guess. Find him I, at the minimum. But I just, I just look at it. You know, if if you look just over into the NFL where. Um, there's been players that have said racist things, and rightly, rightfully so, they have been rep- reprimanded. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, they've been just kind of blackballed by the league. And I think that would be the appropriate course of action here. Yeah, um, especially in the league like the NBA, that is very outspoken on their, um, you know, rights for all all kinds of yeah, just like their inclusivity with everything. Yeah, and so I, I think the NBA especially. Should, is going to need to take a stand on this in one way or the other. And um, unlike a lot of the other leagues, I do think the NBA has the best commissioner. So I think he'll be able to hopefully talk to Kyrie and and uh, that, that some sort of precedent that this is not acceptable. Right, just something, you know. Yeah, I, I agree with you with that. Well, we'll see what comes out of that. Um, more news to come. Check in next week. Um, last thing I want to touch on here with the NBA on a brighter note. Uh, the the soon-to-be all-time points leader, LeBron James, is now at 37,237. Um, he needs 1,151 more points to surpass um, Kareem. And they already have a website dedicated to the projection of when this is going to happen. So they're projecting it to happen in 43 games, which would put us out to January 28th. Really? Wow. I think so, that's not far away at all. Holy shit! No, it'll happen this season. Um, that potentially LeBron James will will become the all-time points leader in the NBA. I mean, <laughs> if he if he attains that goal, I mean, will there be any discrepancies on whether or not he's a goat? Yeah, yeah there's always going to be. <laughs> but Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think much like Tom Brady, like the sustainability of these guys being able to perform. For this, this long, this good for this long. Mm-hmm. I think the longevity surpasses you know, rings potentially. I mean, I think I think he's the go. I think he's the go. Regardless of whether you like him or hate him, I think he's the go. I think deny so that. too. And that's you know that's a discussion in and of itself that could last hours. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so like I said, we're just trying to keep it relatively brief this week. You know, mm-hmm. uh, just getting back into the swing of things here, guys. And before we close up today, I did want to point out one other thing. Um, we do want to start having a segment called the Sandlot Spotlight. Basically, we want to point out someone within the Sandlot that um, is doing some cool shit that week. Again, there'll be more information in the Discord. But if you have a cool clip or you're working on something cool, go ahead and put it in that tab under the Discord for the Sandlot Spotlight, and we look forward to highlighting people within the community doing cool shit. Yeah, it could be anything from, like, getting, like, a super rare achievement that's really hard, speedrunning a game, like, literally anything. Anything that, like, stands out from your normal gameplay, we'll highlight it. Uh, look forward to hearing your guys' feedback. I hope you like the new setup. 
like some, some of the new segments. segments. We're uh, very enthused to be getting back into the flow of things. You sound very enthused. <laughs> hey, man, I, it's been a morning. It's been a morning. Okay. It's 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 been a week. Yeah. True. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks again, everyone. And good to be uh, back. yeah, good to be back. See you next week. 51. See you next week.